What's up, film fans, and welcome to another episode of What the Flick, the podcast where we write movies we haven't seen based only on the poster. We are your poster boys. I'm Matt. And I am Mark. And today we'll be figuring out just what the hell happens in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. What the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is Gonna tell you what we think it's about With the help of the post, we're figuring it out What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists We'll be doing with better cause we're so cool And back to two years up in school What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit Got better writers than Steven Spielberg Good directors are all dumb nerds What the flick, what the flick, that's the name of the podcast It's almost time, so make some noise It's time for the poster boys, so what the flick Oh, how exciting Tag yourself, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> Mad. This morning, I could be all three, my friend. That's true. That's a huge day. A huge it is, day. yeah, a real treat for us. We've got we've got some guests, and they're one, one of our collective favourite podcasts, I think, uh, yeah. on the yeah. internet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird to leave me off. So like, Mac, do you like this podcast? <laughs> you also like this podcast, yeah, don't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> that is Joel and John from The Dream Factory, the internet's number one movie-generated uh, movie user podcast. Welcome yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hello. hello. Hi. Apologies. How's it going? Behind the scenes, I've had to wake everyone up at half nine because I am I am with child, and uh, so on a Sunday as well, which is a crime, I believe. I think being with child means you're pregnant, John. <laughs> I think that phrase. I think that phrase specifically relates to carrying a baby. Okay. Do we know how much work that A does in with a child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 John woke us all up to tell us he's a, a true breakthrough in science. <laughs> yeah. You're well on your podcast. I didn't even save it for our podcast. That is a, this is a big exclusive, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you guys like movies, right? <laughs> Any opinions on movies? Great. Would recommend. So, there's, there's some of the there's some of the best stuff out there. I would really recommend movies. Um, if you've heard not heard of movies, yeah, check out movies. Yeah, we yeah. like movies. Yeah. I would yeah, say, John, like really likes movies well i like books but you don't have to imagine anything yeah i guess that's right (laughs) (laughs) um john likes movies movie movies you know john Mm. did a a french and film degree at university oh wow okay okay but not a french film degree he's never seen a french film he refused to combine the two he kept kept his social circles and those modules so separate he wore different Mm -hmm. disguises to the lectures sure but uh, ironically the disguise for the film degree was like the stripy shirt and the twirly mustache and the necklace of onions and he called himself jean yeah and then in the french course he wore he sort of dressed in like a Great British flag. Like Jerry Halliwell in the Spice World. In the Spice <laughs> yeah, like Jerry Halliwell in the Spice Girls. That's what I'm getting yeah. at, yeah. But also like a snooker umpire. Yeah. He brought his own chair that said director on the back. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping people on their toes. Um, what I think is very funny about this is our podcast essentially is a very long version of a small bit of your podcast, right? Like we're just doing your podcast, but really stretching it out. Uh, yeah. I- that's the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. What we did was we listened to your podcast and we went, these guys are great, but we don't have the imagination to do more than one. five to ten <laughs> movies in a podcast. Well, uh, we don't have we don't have the staying power to stick with an idea for more than sort of two or three minutes. Well, as you will soon find out, neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get into the poster? Yes. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, Clint Eastwood's. I guess most famous film. Mm. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never seen mm-hmm. it. I nothing, nothing about it, but I sure do know it exists, and I know the theme tune. Is is this the? No, this, this is the. Do, 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 
Great theme tune. I've never seen any of these films. No, no there's a tri- there's a trilogy, right? No, I mean westerns. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never seen a cowboy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real eye-opening experience for me. I'm sad that the sequel is Fistful of Dollars and not like the smelly, the sad, <laughs> and yeah. the yeah. bold. It's weird that this is the only three thes yeah. in the trilogy and the other two are to do with dollars. Very confusing stuff. What's the third one? There's a fistful of dollars. A few dollars more, I think. Ah, uh, yes. Well, well, I could weird. be angering some film fans here. That is very odd very to have two dollar-based film titles in the first one. Isn't it? So and it makes me less the... confident in the things that I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Don't Google it. If you're listening yeah. and don't know for sure, don't Google it. No, yeah. no, no. Never Google anything I say. Yeah. Do you know what's, it really shows my my film knowledge that I think if I heard this title now, not knowing that it was a, a Western, I'd think this was like a teen comedy. Like, as in like it's the three groups of school, the good, the bad, the ugly. Do you I mean? can see that. Clint Eastwood, we're de-aging him using <laughs> AI and yeah. we're sending him to an American high school in the year 2023. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's maybe too old to survive the de-aging pro- Like, yeah. Harrison Ford's the cut-off point, right? They've de-aged yeah. Harrison Ford, but they've only de-aged him to like 40-odd. Sure. Yeah. In the new to survive shows. it. They yeah. put well, him in like in, a pod, in, like Captain yeah, America, yeah, and they just like squirt Avatar. so much Nivea at him that he smooths right out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. how they do it, right? It's a very yeah. toxic process. And it lasts sort of 30 to 40 seconds at a time. They shoot it as much as they can <laughs> in that time. Sure. And then they do a lot from behind. If yeah. you've seen it, if you've seen The Irishman, almost every shot is over the shoulder of the characters. You yeah. actually really see that. It's all very it's, dark. It's, it's keyhole surgery. They just get a little cake slice going, just loosen up the skin a little bit. Then they put just like a balloon kind of valve in there and just inflate them ever so slightly every morning. Uh, the role of the key grip on these films is actually different to what you might expect. They're actually holding the skin. <laughs> yeah, with a big bulldog clip like in yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah. Are they, are they, they're holding on to it. It's like a world's strongest man kind of task and they're holding on to that flesh and again really you're only getting 30 to 40 seconds of do you know of what anything like that, so. if that was all true i'd much rather watch the documentary about the making of this movie than the movie <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a like a cronenberg body horror sort of <laughs> film. it would be so great it would be um, absolutely fantastic to see cronenberg do a mockumentary <laughs> where all the actors are experiencing hard body horrors throughout the movie but well i guess what i meant by survive is that he's so old and you're sort of 15, 16 at high school that surely there's a cutoff point where you can't, yes. you can't like de-age Clint Eastwood to be a little toddler in a, yeah. you know, a live action boss baby, for example. No, sure. Yeah. Do you think though, there's a point where like, because you know how 90210 and other such like high school soap operas and so on cast 25, 30 year olds mm-hmm. as 18 year olds. Do you think you could, there's a thing where you could cast like college age people as 50 year olds and people would buy it? Oh, I mean, I, I hate to bring up the the taboo subject, but at the end of Harry Potter, they're all just playing. They're all just look at themselves, but they're meant to be old, right? Uh, that's true. But they tried to age him up in that. It yeah, looks but, I, but bad, I think they just kind of. But draw, they did try. They just kind of draw yeah. wrinkles on them. It's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. not yeah. It's not like CGI. Really, it's just like Ron's a bit tired looking. <laughs> 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 they just kept the actors up for four days before <laughs> shooting that final scene. Because yeah. Yeah, to simulate now... the experience of having children. Because yeah. <laughs> they're now roughly the age that they would have been in that post credit scene. That's true. Uh, and they sort of all look the same. So actually it would have been better if they'd done nothing and just sort yeah. of yeah. in different clothes. Oh, well, yeah. hindsight. 
It's Hollywood aging, isn't it? No one ages anymore. Are you aging? That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Cringe, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Harrison Ford's the most embarrassing actor in all of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it's, it's, it really has been a turnabout because these days every 70-year-old looks like they're 40 in Hollywood. But go back to the 60s, 70s, you know, when they were making these movies, I assume, and every 30-year-old looked like they were somewhere between 60 and 90. Yeah. If you told me Clint Eastwood in this poster was cur- is 60 in it, I'd believe you. That he's still rocking about today. <laughs> yeah. Old film actors, I maintain, are completely unageable because they all look like various stages of vintage leather handbags. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How many stages does a leather handbag have? I think it depends on how classy a handbag you have, you know? Yeah. So if you've got a really good handbag, you can, you, you, can, you can have it all the way from a shiny new mm-hmm. leather handbag all the way, you know, to a like, nicely patinaed uh, vintage deal. And much like plastic surgery, you can take your leather handbag to be buffed. Yes, you can. Yeah, de-aged. de-aged you can you get might your handbags say. de-aged, yeah. Um, I've got a question for the, for the panel. Remember the time in your life you... F- and- and what you thought the first time you heard the phrase spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be very honest with me. Mm-hmm. Because it, I did not think, oh, yeah, they're going to be uh, cowboy movies made by Italian directors. I thought, I thought <laughs> no. they sounded like the most fun films ever made. I'll be honest with you. And I will be completely honest with you right now. When you just said <laughs> cowboy movies made by Italian directors... That is the first time that I've understood <laughs> what spaghetti western means. You thought Clint Eastwood was just like eating <laughs> bolognese in all of these films. Yeah, everyone was carboloading. What's the, what's the kids? What's the kids' film where they're gangsters and they're cream pies? Oh, oh Bugsy, Bugsy Malone. Malone. That's yeah, yeah, Bugsy Malone, but with spaghetti instead. I was in a production of Bugsy Malone as a Hello. teen, and uh, I was one of the uh, boxers in the gym. And we were not given any costumes. And we were like, just come in dressed as a boxer. And I took that to being come in dressed as Brett the Hitman Hart. (laughs) And I I came in in full wrestling gear. And my teacher just was like, it's too late to fix it now. (laughs) I guess you're just playing Bret Hart in the background of this scene. I think you could be a pro wrestling thing. Yeah, I was just, I just, in my head, Canon, there was a wrestling ring in the back that I was also in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have to sing? I just had the, I was just in the chorus of people singing that bit, do you mean? And I definitely, at least once under my breath, said, so you want to be a wrestler? And then probably like, <laughs> looked around to my friends like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Should we go back to the poster? Yeah, so there's, <laughs> I mean, there's... <laughs> Well, there's not a single bit of spaghetti on the poster. <laughs> no, started. but there are three cowboys, which is good. And it helpfully labels them as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we've got the good, who is Clint Eastwood, who's wearing a rug and a nice furry waistcoat. Uh, and he's got a cigarette and he looks like slightly constipated, I guess. Mm. Is the best way to describe Clint Eastwood's expression. Just kind of in general, I think. He's, also- he's got that weird kind of squint that's like his trademark look. Mm. He's Squint Eastwood, right? That's what they squint call him. Squint Eastwood. <laughs> that's yeah. what they call him. It's a lovely blanket. Oh, it's a beautiful, a beautiful piece. It is a nice blanket. He's also standing really crotch forward. Does anyone else notice that? Like, yes. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was nothing more sexy in those days. <laughs> <laughs> also, it, I assume it's always hot. Oh, yeah. Where, where oh, it's got to be. Happen. There's too Why much clothes. A, rug? a furry waistcoat and a rug. That's <laughs> insane. Well, he probably doesn't have a house, so that's probably for the night, you know. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Mm. 
Maybe he's carrying his house on his back. Yeah. And then the bad is a black-suited gentleman with a black hat, and he's pointing a gun. Mm-hmm. That's how you know he's bad, because he's all in black. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Except for when it's the man in black who is Johnny Cash, who's broadly speaking a good guy, I think. I thought you were talking about men in black, which is also good guys, to be fair. Men in black are also yeah. good guys. So I but in today's back. society... They are cops at the end of the day, so, you know. Um, yeah, very good point, well made. Yeah. Really, the left wants us to be overrun by aliens. Are you calling, are you calling to defund... Defund the men in black, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Hashtag time's up, brackets for the men in black. How many bad apples do we need? <laughs> at MIBHQ before we bring the whole thing down. And uh, that second guy, it seem, he seems to be played by a guy called Lee Van Cleef, which <laughs> okay. is objectively a very funny name. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's no surprise that Clint Eastwood is the one that becomes the movie star. <laughs> you just can't imagine the name Lee Van Cleef on billboards for the next few It's years. weird how much Lee Van Cleef feels like it ought to be an anagram of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the other guy is called Eli Wallach, and I'm like, he can't even spell his last name, so there's no way he was ever going to become famous. <laughs> well, no, and he's the ugly, yeah. which is weird because he's not appreciably uglier than either uh, of the other two. Yeah. He's Absolutely just not. got a bigger nose. I think he does. Maybe, maybe he does ugly deeds. Maybe that's what it is. But then, what does the bad do? What's the it's difference really between the bad? Actually, means bad as in good. Like, oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> it's one of the more confusing a... labelled films. Yeah, he's bad. Absolute ten out of ten smoke show baddie. Yeah. <laughs> the ill, the sick, and the wicked. Yeah. <laughs> right, save that. Save that for Dream Factory. I'm bringing that in. <laughs> I, on the subject of the poster and the naming conventions. So this is like a little bit inside baseball, but. So obviously our agents and stuff will get into like wars over where the names of their stars yes. are on the poster. And it's, this one is really fascinating because you've just got just the word Clint, Clint Eastwood at the top. And then at the yeah. bottom, you've got co-starring Lee Van Cleef, which is at the bottom, but slightly higher than also starring Eli Wallach, which mm. is then boxed. So <laughs> yeah. Lee Van Cleef is higher, but Eli Wallach is boxed. And it says, yeah. in the role of Tuco, which suggests that we should all be like, he's playing Tuco! Oh, he's playing Tuco! <laughs> Famous character that we all know and love, Tuco. Yeah. That sure. Is, that is very funny, like a trade-off of being like, you can have the top name, but you don't get any other information. <laughs> you can be the middle name, but you can also <laughs> star. You're the bottom name, but we will say who you're playing. And everyone will go crazy, because it's Tuco, obviously. And he's like, all right, that's, that's fair enough, yeah. <laughs> As a, as a film guy, maybe you will know this, John. What is, is co-starring and also starring here, is that kind of similar to with and and on more recent posters, you know, where you might have like a with John Leguizamo or like a and uh, Tommy Lee Jones or whatever? Yeah, pretty much. I think that, well, I, I believe that's what we're seeing here. Is that and is that a special significance? Is that like an honorific, if you get an and or a with? Instead, you know, if you're not like first or second billing, would you rather have an and than a third billing? And is oh. for I would say and you you your agents worked very hard for an and or a with right. Or, okay. But you also get and sometimes you get and presenting on an actor's early yeah, mm. which is always really yeah exciting. or an and introducing yes yeah. yeah yeah. I feel like a lot of the time I watch sitcoms if they get like kind of a big actor who's maybe like slumming it for better terms than a sitcom they get the and it all and also and it's like a big deal there in the show do you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Like I, 
I forgot the time Chevy Chase got it on Chevy Chase in Community before. Yes, I think he, right. before For he sure. went a bit mad. Yeah, <laughs> or before he revealed and, that he was mad. And, 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 and also, unfortunately, Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that would be a fantastic thing to put in credits. And unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants some more information on Lee Van Cleef. Oh, absolutely. please. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really listen to much of what happened during the last five minutes of this podcast because I was reading <laughs> Lee Van Cleef's Wikipedia page. That's important. Um, born Clarence Leroy Van Cleef Jr. Oh, my oh, God. He had, he had a serious military career. I'm looking at six medals here. Oh, he is bad. He was in the Caribbean, the Mediterranean. Uh, he was all over the shop in rank Sonoman first class. He was on the USS Incredible. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The fucking come on, that... the United States. No, there is not a ship called the USS Incredible. Of course there is. If you think about how the US are going to name their military ships, Incredible is probably pretty low key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's probably like the USS Cheeseburger. <laughs> um, anyway, I won't get onto the boats in the Royal Navy Wikipedia page. That is straying too far away. Uh, then he had a pretty solid acting career. He did 90 movies. That um, was pretty good. But he wound down. His last acting role was in 1984, where he was cast as a ninja master <laughs> in the NBC adventure series, The Master. But it was cancelled after 13 episodes. And uh, lastly, just from the personal life, uh, he lost his middle finger on, the, on his right hand while building a playhouse for his daughter. So he survived <laughs> an incredible military campaign. Literally. Yeah, a literally incredible military campaign. And still came out movie star good looks and did 90 films, but did lose his right finger in the, in the battle of the playhouse. Had a kid. <laughs> and then immediately got maimed. Yeah. Immediately maimed. No medal awarded for building that playhouse, unfortunately. <laughs> My primary school, like primary six teacher climbed like the rocky mountains and then when he got to the bottom of it got hit by a bus <laughs> <laughs> i like to be clear he's fine right he still taught me for primary <laughs> six. but it was just one of those things where i remember him coming into school on crutches and i'd be like so what happened to you he's like well i climbed the rocky mountains i was like oh you fall down he's like no i got to the bottom and was hit by a bus <laughs> <laughs> i like to imagine in my head canon he gets to the top of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that's where the bus is? <laughs> no, no. And falls. He falls down the Rocky Mountain, yeah. right? The whole way, just like bouncing. And then he's sort of, you know, into like a thing of cactuses. Yeah. And then like, you know, the camera pans over and he's, he's found the one soft bit of grass to land on. And he gets up, dusts himself up and he looks up at like the four miles he's just rolled down and was yeah. like, oh, that was lucky. Walks out into the road and immediately gets hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the front on shot the bus appears left yeah. of screen yeah, yeah. I, I think because if you've just climbed the rocky mountains you've been so sort of diligent that i do think once you get to the bottom you you have to switch it off for a bit you can't be oh, yeah, thinking absolutely. about what's happening around well, you well no i think there's probably not many more dangerous scenarios than having just climbed a mountain <laughs> yeah that's when you're at your lowest right yeah you're, you're at yeah. your lowest uh, you're at your least yeah, you know defensive. suspicious Oxygen and defensive is flooding back into your lungs <laughs> you're seeing you're hallucinating yeah. Yeah. yeah well i think if i recall correctly and again this was primary six so you're talking like 20 years ago i 
I think he got hit in the car park where his car was parked, which is why the bus didn't hit him particularly fast and why he oh was fine. That's really embarrassing. That's yeah. like the guy who gets run over in the first Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the steamroller guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slowly watching a coach of tourists. Imagine being his wife, getting a phone call, being like, we've got terrible news. And it's just like, I knew, I told him not to <laughs> go up that mountain. <laughs> like, well, actually, you'll be surprised. The mountain climbing went off without a hitch. Yeah. <laughs> But he, he slipped over in the gift shop. <laughs> broke his spine. Oh god! All right, we'll get through the plot of this film because honestly, I'm stuck on teenage, <laughs> teenage drama comedy. Sure, yeah, Italian teenage spaghetti-based high school drama yeah. starring three seventy-year-old men. Are the characters' surnames good, bad, and ugly? Just for the record. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that's an excellent idea, Joe. Yeah, that's nice. So we've got, yeah, we've got, I don't know, Derek Good, Clive Bad, and Ernesto Ugly. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and they are maybe, you know, the popular girls at uh, <laughs> Sergio Leone High School. Very good, very good. I like to think all three of these guys are in, like, green morph suits that just leave their face open. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's it. And it's just their faces are superimposed onto females playing the actual roles. <laughs> but they've all got, but all of the... Girls have got the costumes because <laughs> yeah. we know what their outfits are. Well, the, yeah. that is the thing. The popular girls in school now, I, I've seen it on TikTok. They it's are cowboy chic. Cowboys. Yeah, it's cowboy chic all the way. Fashion is cyclical. You know, we've come back around. We had the 80s. Now I've got the 1880s. Yeah. But do you, do you know, like, there's a lot of stuff I feel like I used to see people do like, oh, it's the theme for prom this year is whatever. So yeah. you could just have like the theme for prom this year is the Wild West. It takes place at the prom. That is good. So what tropes do we know from... High school mo- movies and what tropes do we know from westerns that we need to include? Uh, right, high school, someone has to become prom king and or queen. And that's going to be the ugly, right? Because yeah. that's the yeah. one you least expect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're going to take off their cowboy hat and their glasses and <laughs> shake out their hair. Yeah, I think and everyone's going to be like, wow. 80s, yeah, they, they go for the classic, classic 80s makeover. Yeah. Oh, and, no, become... and it turns out they are um, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I pitch a brief thought I've just had, right? Of course you can. What did you call him? Clive Bad, Bats. Uh, it's a classic Bats, um, Lee Good, that he can't make uh, Ernesto ugly into the prom queen. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a um, Eliza Doolittle, whatever yeah. you call that movie situation. Yeah, yeah. Really good idea for a shot. You know they do the, the zoom on the eyes. Mm. Yeah. You get that, zoom, straight on the eyes. And it's just them applying eyeshadow and massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very Perfect. good. Is this the film that has the Are You Feeling Lucky Punk or is that Dirty Harry? No, that's Dirty Harry. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to try and parody that throughout the rest of the film, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this film has any famous lines. Not any that famous enough that I know of. Them. No. So we need a, sta- a standoff, right? Oh, yes. Uh, a, three-way, a three-way standoff. <laughs> I think yeah. it should be a standoff between... Um, is it... Derek Good and Clive Ugly. No, it should be Ernesto. Ernesto feels betrayed because Ernesto finds out about Derek doing the bet and he's supposed to be good. Yeah, yes, yeah. and he's supposed to be Derek Good, but in fact he's Derek, uh, takes, ba- takes bets. Derek Questionable. <laughs> Derek Questionable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Derek Flawed. Yeah, com- complicated character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's across the dance floor at the prom everyone's uh-huh. moved out of the way for them i don't know what the weapons are i haven't it's a dance off oh yeah <gasps> it's an perfect. 80s dance yeah. off you have one of those buns with the circle forms and they're the three in the middle here we go 
Yeah, that's good. And it's right. a, and it's a it's like a, a club remix of that's very good. And they're all doing breakdancing at the end. Yeah. Gangnam style really popularized the lasso riding that's a horse. True. Moves. <laughs> yeah. We could get a bit of that in there. We could get a bit of that in there. Yeah, Sai shows up. Strange that was in that that was the big dance move for Gangnam <laughs> yeah. style. Yeah. And not for Old Town Road. Yeah. Not yeah, not for Old Town uh, Road. Joe, you know that's actually very good, right? If like they all have to pick a song to dance to, and like one of them picks Wild Wild West, one of them picks <laughs> Old Town Road and the last, one's like, oh, the last one's like, oh, what possible cowboy songs are left? And then they pick Gangnam Style. Everyone's like, that's not a cowboy song. And it's like, oh, just you wait the same. <laughs> that's the big, like, final winning move. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, like, Derek Good and Ernesto Ugly are, like, the sort of classic popular kid, unpopular kid, but still friends, you know? Like yeah. the, the but they they grew up together and then one became uh, a jock and is on the cheer squad, and one became a nerd and loves uh you know chess chess club and, chess club yeah. computer club those are the those are the go tos for the nerds aren't they in those yeah. movies they're yeah. playing D and D in the basement with like the janitor and some other kids yes ex- yeah that's not that's that nice like another worrying story from your private <laughs> school <laughs> I assure you it's not my janitors were all very pleasant men and I have no bad stories to tell about them. How can you remember them? Uh, one of them lived very close to me, and that's how I know he wasn't a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Frankie. Very nice man. I think he's dead. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to have brought up your d- dead janitor traumas. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Frankie. <laughs> Rest in peace, Frankie the janitor. Yeah. Pull one out wherever you are. Yeah, this episode's dedicated to you. Yeah, and I'll just put in a little bit of In the Arms of an Angel right here. <laughs> Is it, so, is it Clive Ugly? Uh, so I think I it, it's Ernesto Ugly. And, yeah, the names are so fluid here. I have yeah. no idea. I, I, I think we know that the ugly guy is called Tuco. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that's like one of the few bits of information we have on the poster. That doesn't necessarily track. Eli Wallach could not be on the poster. We just need a character called Tuco, who I think, at the end of the day, is a talking parrot. Oh, uh, nice. No. It makes yeah. sense. So... Right, so Good and Ugly are in the local diner. Yeah. Yeah. Eating spaghetti. The only food you see the entire film is spaghetti. Yeah, Yeah, they're eating spaghetti and meatballs and drinking like strawberry milkshakes. No, they're drinking whatever the fuck sarsaparilla is. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. And it slid down down the diner counter. Yeah. The diner's got those swinging saloon doors Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and a place to put your horse outside. Because everyone in this movie rides around on horses it's never mentioned no 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 they're all high school students but they get everywhere exclusively by horse well maybe it is wild west times but it's just wild west high school wild west high school that's good it's very so they're in the saloon and there's peanut shells all on the floor and straw and so on (laughs) there's a piano going in the there's a piano going and they're playing the popular hits they're playing um i don't know hearts on fire And annoyingly, every time someone walks into the saloon, you have to drop whatever you're doing. The piano has to stop and everyone turns around, which at lunchtime is a nightmare. (laughs) No one gets to finish their juice boxes of sarsaparilla. (laughs) Your spaghetti's gone cold. Yeah. It's a disaster. Everyone, and everyone, because you're slurping up the spaghetti and then you've got to whip round, everyone's covered in tomato sauce. That actually has really upset me for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I think the idea of someone slapping my face with spaghetti from their mouth 
from is them really, out. really upsetting. The the number of bar brawls that are happening just because of <laughs> yeah. whipped spaghetti. Yeah, you all think it's like someone slept with someone like someone else, like the proper like Western, but it's actually just like you've got your spaghetti in my spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you got your spaghetti in my spaghetti. It's a real chocolate <laughs> peanut butter situation. It's quite romantic, isn't it? Lady it is. Trump? Yeah. Oh, oh, that should absolutely be a scene at one point where we okay, should be yeah. in the trumpet at some point. <laughs> where somebody where somebody whips around and gets spaghetti in someone yeah. else's mouth and then they think it's their spaghetti <laughs> and it's a yeah. it's a whole situation. So, so bad walks in with his gang and is really yeah. horrible horrible to ugly, right? Yeah. And so good takes bad to one side and says, Leave the guy alone. Look at his face. He's got you know, he's got enough <laughs> this guy's going so on, right? Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> This guy doesn't have a big rug on his shoulders to, to cover up his face. <laughs> and, good, and Good says, look, he's not that ugly. And then Bad is like, no, there is there is nothing that you can do to polish that turd. Mm-hmm. And that's where the bet comes from. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe so, that's the exact point. Someone walks in the background, so all the music drops out, right? At the, there's nothing you do to polish that turd. And that's where like, all the music just like, like you're like a... Uh, a break, what do you call it? A record scratch? And yeah. then he's just like, oh, wait a minute. And then they, that's where they come up with the band. Yeah, that's nice. Well, maybe the principal walks in with like one of those bull horns. <laughs> and he's like, attention, students of Wild West High. <laughs> this year's he's... prom theme will be cowboys, even though we are all already cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Which we forgot to think of a theme this year. So just dress in your best rugs and get on down here, you crazy kids. Yeah. And, and also... The prom king and queen will win best of school. <laughs> and their nemesis will be drowned in marinara sauce or something. He's on crutches as well. Just to... Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has recently yeah. just climbed the Rocky Mountains and got hit by a horse. Because <laughs> yeah. every mode of transport is just a variant of a horse, though. In the horse park. <laughs> and then he says, yeah. and in, in sadder news, beloved D&D janitor has died. <laughs> D&D John Dewey's Tuco. <laughs> yeah, and you just see Eli Wallach gets dragged by his heels just through the canteen and out the back. Eli Wallach is cut from the film, but they'd already agreed to put him on the posters. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Tuco. And he just gets dragged off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's the bet. And then obviously like, Good has to take Ugly to his house and try and spruce them up, right? Yeah, that's they have the, to try and make him into a handsome cowboy. Yeah. A Western version of the super, uh, the shopping mall sequence where they're changing yeah. it. it sounds brilliant yeah. to me. Changing Dark. into different rugs yeah. and he's yeah. like shaking his head and having literally his first ever bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all like different hats, but because it's cowboy times, they're all just different colors of the same <laughs> cowboy. He only had one hat back then. Yeah. I I really love the scene. You know, I love the walking out of a changing room in a different outfit scene. Yeah. It's always a great scene. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm fully on board with that. I think you can have like a, a disapproving look from a horse that's yeah. stood nearby. <laughs> a couple yeah. of the outfits. That's going to be good. I think fun. there has yeah. to be a scene where he's like in My Fair Lady, for example, where they have like the book on the head, oh, yeah. and he's teaching oh. her to walk. You know, he does that, but it's with like the real cowboy, like wide leg, just come off a horse walk. I would also say at one point comes out in a completely culturally insensitive Native American costume. Yeah, and Guess everyone's it. just like crossing their body like, <laughs> waving their arms like no 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 yeah <laughs> actually you don't even see you just see the shadow of it on the ground they're all like no no no, 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 no. Like, that horse just desperately shaking its head <laughs> yeah. good it's like <laughs> just panicking they're like the neck pull thing you're like oh <laughs> yeah I, I i love those kind of scenes right and again as you said like you can have like because it's uh, of its time have the joke but like oh they're all cowboy outfits and then you have just one of them is the direct outfit 
from like the complicated video by Avril Lavigne where he comes out with the, the big <laughs> piano tie and like the suspenders and he's like no 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 his fringes <laughs> over one eye yeah. he's got like checkerboard uh, what do you call him <laughs> vans and stuff like that all that uh, and then yeah and then you've got the scene where he's he's doing sort of the rain in spain falls mainly on the plane kind of king's speech stuff uh but he's doing it cowboy like oh i thought you, i thought you were gonna say he is trying to talk nice because i thought he was the kind of cowboy that talks like yeah what you bought that you know like like real under his voice like because clint derek good who is like the popular but yeah. nice one yeah is clint eastwood Oh, yeah. yeah. Famously can't enunciate at all. No, exactly. Because yeah. he's always smoking. That's the other thing. He's always got a cigarette on that side of his mouth. Yeah, the, the high school's got a pretty lax approach towards uh, letting children smoke, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, and drinking, because I'm pretty sure Sarsaparilla <laughs> is alcoholic. <laughs> Every so, desk has a, a bin to spit your tobacco into. <laughs> <laughs> That's another scene. He's trying to teach him to do the thing into the bin to make it go pating yeah. when you yeah. spit. Yeah. So he's like the jock with a heart of gold, right? That's the sort. Yes. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the sort of American football equivalent in cowboy times? It's got to be um, guns at noon, guns at dawn. Oh, yeah, or bank robberies. <laughs> or bank robberies. <laughs> no. I think uh, guns at dawn makes sense. Because, What's but... that called? Dueling. Yeah, dueling. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but with but the, twelve men. Yeah, but the problem is <laughs> the problem is a... dueling usually leads to death, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Right? It's a pretty harsh. The school's massively oversubscribed, so the only sport they do is dueling. <laughs> it's a pretty good way of culling the school population. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Which also yeah. really saves on us having to pay for the cast of this film because by the time we get to the prom, there is literally ten people. <laughs> oh, and because it's um, because it's cowboy times. Is there maybe like a sort of evil rival high school that's like British cowboy high? Oh, like the people who've come to America now, or like? Well, no, because everybody's come to America. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, guess, no, yeah, these are like the, the, the these are the evil ones because they're the ones without American accents. So oh, you know, course, yeah. because they're British that yeah, they're bad. That's good stuff, and it would unite the, the the. You've got obviously factions in the American school, but they will be united by the fact that there's. Oh. British guys rolling into town. Mm. That could be really good, actually, right? Because if you just have like a lot of interactions with the British guys where it leads up to, like, you know, oh, we know they're the bad guys, we know what's happening. And then whenever you finally have the bet at the prom where Ugly realizes they're part of the bet, the three of them have to work together to defeat the British school. They're like, maybe Ugly wasn't such a bad guy after all. We didn't need to change him. He saved everyone. Uh, you know, He's like, a really like, good shooter. Yeah, that hasn't been and, revealed until this point. Yeah, it doesn't matter that his his face is grotesque and he's no rug. He's the best shooter in the school, and uh, we all love him. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because there, there has to be that kind of wrap up, right? That has to yeah. be the, the the end bit of it, where everyone realizes that Ernesto Ugly is actually was fine the way they were, yeah. you know, and that they were wrong to try and to try and make them into a into a better looking cowboy or not. <laughs> Or not. The moral of the story is beauty is king. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that should be. Uh, I prefer that. Yeah, okay. If, if, we're doing, if we're doing 80s tropes, it's real Breakfast Club style. It's yeah. actually, no, you should be beautiful. I've yeah. seen Miss Congeniality, but I don't recall how that ends. Is that the moral of that story? It's a duel. There's a duel. It's um, the Brits riding on horses and there's a gunfight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, as far yeah. as I remember. I think what brings the British to the prom is the fact that the um, high school sort of the, the the population of both the schools has become so low due to dueling that they've had to merge the proms. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's excellent, John. Very good. Very good. Yeah. 
And it's had, a jet merged, shark situation. I had merged dances at school, so I, I can attest to how tense that can be. Oh, really? Oh, well, okay. like other schools came to your school for like... Well, my, so I, I went to an all-boys grammar school. Oh, mm. no. And so the school dances, they had to incorporate an, a girls' school, which is the most mm. terrifying Friday night every term. Because... <laughs> There would be girls in our school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you would have, it would be like, you know, real, and we'd stare at each other across the... Was that the final countdown? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I went to school in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the girls all brought nuclear weapons with them. It was, it was really tense. It was yeah. really tense. Uh, earlier on, this is a little bit of an aside, but earlier on, we said... Um, is this the film that has "Go Ahead, Punk, Make My Day" in it? Mm. And we, we, you correctly said, Matt, that was Dirty Harry. So I thought, I wonder what the big lines in "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly" are. So okay. I googled the good, the bad, and the ugly quotes, and the number one quote that comes up on Google is this: one, two, three, four, five, mm. six. <laughs> we all remember. So if ever you hear anyone counting, they're actually quoting. <laughs> from huh. 1966's The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Okay. That's the number one quote in this film. So I'm not... I'm not sure. I feel like the scriptwriters were maybe phoning this one in. <laughs> Me and my son have been doing a lot of quoting of that movie this morning, actually. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? That makes, that's actually quite good, Jill, right? Because then we can fit that quote in because whenever Ugly eventually has to shoot everyone, how many bullets are in a normal revolver? Is six, mm. and he just turns around and he's. They're like, they're like, are you gonna be able to take them all down? He's like, I only need six shots. And they're like, why is that? So he just goes one, two, three, four, five, six, and they're all gone. And he's like, done, nice. easy. <laughs> like he just doesn't even phase him. Mac, do you back yourself to fit in the five other lines that I've got here into this high school movie? If I <laughs> if I present you with the line, can you? How quickly can you riff the scenario that we use this? Let's let's find out. Let's go. You never had a rope around your neck. Oh God! Oh, that's Clint Eastwood in. That's uh, Derek Good talking to Ernesto Ugly. They're trying to put a tie on him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we okay. go. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Blondie. Oh, that's the end. Is that the end of it? Oh, is that the quote? That's yes, the quote. That okay. wasn't. That wasn't me about to present another quote no, to you. That, <laughs> that, that is. That is right as good as trying to convince Ugly how to chat to. Uh, like to talk, chat people up. Very good, very yeah. good. Uh, every gun makes its own tune. Um, that is ugly talking nonsense while playing a bow on the gun, and everyone's confused. But <laughs> uh, and I'll leave. Uh, we'll end on this one. I, I, I'll be honest. You've done really well, but I think you are going to struggle with this line. <laughs> Whoever has the most liquor to get the soldiers drunk and send them to be slaughtered, he's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> that famous line I've, I've actually got that tattooed on my back that's, uh, that's, that is just as you're walking past the kids playing D&D you hear the janitor say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go sort of good work that last line definitely is a much more powerful line than the rest of them isn't it like it seems much what are you talking about one two three four five okay I guess that is pretty iconic yeah, one two three four five six contextually you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a shit line <laughs> devoid of devoid of whatever the scene is. But I can see it being, you know, iconic, I'm sure I guess. To anyone who's seen The Good, The Bad and Ugly, we sound like absolute idiots because I'm sure yeah. it's brilliant. Well, you know, have know. you seen uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose? I haven't. It's a very good, it's a very good film. Uh, possession movie starring Laura Linney. 
But there's a the, a quote in that is one, two, three, four, five, six, which you would think, but it wouldn't be spooky. So they're paying tribute to the good, the bad, and the ugly. But they are playing, yeah. And Clint yeah. It's Eastwood is possessing the body of this <laughs> poor child, and she keeps going one, two, three, four, five, six, but in demon Clint Eastwood voice, and it's it, it's ruddy spooky. I tell you what, mm, I get you. Yeah, it's just contact. So, well, I give contact stars, and I think it suits the scene yeah. that we've set up. All right, British come to the prom. Uh, maybe they arrive right after they have that. The yeah. Well, first I think we have to have Clive bad. I can't remember. <laughs> we have to have bad with their like posse of evil cheerleaders try to like sabotage. You know, oh, yeah, when yeah. they see like it's like in High School Musical where Sharpe is hearing Troy and Gabriella oh singing together, practicing yeah. with Kelsey, and, and you know. Uh, maybe somebody runs back to tell Bad, and Bad is like, "Well, we've got to fucking put a stop to this." And then they do some sort of shenanigans. Maybe they like, mm. you know, do pranks or something, and they try and get ugly killed in a duel. Maybe I don't know. Classic prank. The, the, so the, hang about, hang about. The premise of this podcast, <laughs> Matt, is that you haven't seen many films. In the last two minutes, you've talked in detail about the exorcism <laughs> of Emily Rose and High School Musical. No, I but- don't get the impression that you've seen every film that's ever been made. <laughs> But they are so disparate in terms of their genre <laughs> and target audience that you're just throwing out references. Listen, to these films. or are those, or are those the only two films you've ever seen? I like horror films and I like musicals for and children. You like the possession of Emily Rose. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> we've seen all this shit. Any yeah. fucking shit we've seen it. You didn't be a bad film. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, any of the like, you know, top two fifty on IMDb. Yeah. Forget about it. I saw, I saw one I recognized okay. the other day in there, and it shocked me to my core. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I reckon the sabotage scene, Matt, is maybe like that bit we talked about earlier, where um, uh, uh, ugly is doing the what's up, blondie or whatever line that was, and it, it turns out it actually works. And like maybe the other person finds it quite charming. They go and tell Bad, and he's like, right, well, they're getting too close. Uh, we gotta we gotta figure out some way of massive with ugly and maybe like they go outside and it's one of those things where as they walk out all their horses are lined up and all like kick mud over them right as oh, they're about good. to go get ready for the prom nice. and maybe that's when you said Joel is like they have to have their second ever bath like it's their first one and it's like <laughs> but I hated having a bath and they have to go and have like the quickest bath you've ever seen in your life well maybe that maybe that is yeah. the maybe that's the thing of it right so you see at the beginning, that Ernesto Ugly is like, they're in chess club, they're in computer club, they're in six-gun club. What does computer club look like in the wild, wild west? <laughs> it's an abacus. Yeah. It's an abacus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. But the point is they're also in six-gun club, which is a very nerdy club, but it's just about <clears throat> shooting your gun real good. Yeah. And you see that they're the best shot in the school, you know? Mm. And then... Maybe somebody comes over and mocks them. You know, bad comes over and it's like, oh, probably shoot your gun much, dickhead. Uh, you're not even, <laughs> you're not even shooting people. You're not even killing human beings. You're just shooting a war- you know, watermelons from 500 yards away. What's what's that, what's that ever gonna do? And then that's they're going to prom and Ernesto Ugly looks fabulous. They've got the best, most sparkly rug on you've ever seen. They've got like perfect contouring. They're walking with the widest gate you've ever seen in your life. They're spitting. It's taking them so long to get there. Yeah. They're spitting on the ground with every third step. They, you know, they're chewing tobacco. They're saying partner. And then as they go to walk through the door, they like get announced by the principal on his bullhorn. And that's when 
bad and his posse come out with the horses, kick mud all over Ernesto Ugly, ruin their prom outfit, and then Ernesto Ugly's like, oh no, runs away, crying. You know, they're like, my dream has been ruined. Uh, Bad is like, ha ha ha, you idiot. Good. You idiot, Derek. Good. You (laughs) fucked this. And now you will be the one who gets dunked in marinara sauce. And then the British turn up. The British turn up. And then nobody can shoot. Nobody can shoot them because they're all shit at aiming. Nice. No one can shoot them. They're like, oh, if only we had somebody who could hit a watermelon from 500 yards away. (laughs) And then Bad is like, oh, shit, I've got to swallow my pride now. And go and find Ernesto Ugly and convince them to help us out. And it is Perfect. a very like teenage drama thing to have bad and good both go and admit what they've done wrong and really apologize mm. and have mm. like a Goo Goo Doll song playing over the top of it as yep. they're like talking about what they did. And a really Goo Goo Doll song. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder like... if we pick any of the backups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any of their classic song that they have. <laughs> yeah. And they, like, they have that, but when they admit to them what they've done, they're like, oh, we're really sorry. And then they're like, Ugly just stands up and is like, well, there's no points around here. We've got a prom to get to. And then you have the super cut of them going through the bath and stuff and all getting redressed. Nice. Mm. And then kicking the door open and all the British are there like enjoying their prom. I like that they took t- the time rather than go straight there to take <laughs> two hours or so to have a bath and get redressed. Well, it's probably nice. like, yeah, Ugly's like, it's my prom. I'm going to look mm-hmm. good. If we put all this out, <laughs> I'm going to look good. They go boot the door open. Ugly does the one, two, three, four, five, six, kills mm-hmm. everyone. And then uh, the principal's like, well, you're the only three students left, so you will have to have the dance-off to decide who's prom king, and that's where we have the dance scene. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Yeah. yeah. And then, then at the end, I think maybe, like, obviously they've had the reconciliation, yeah. but then Ernesto Ugly goes, oh, and one more thing. Seems like seems to me like you both lost the bet, and he like pulls a string, and then a big tub of marinara sauce just like gets both of them, <laughs> Carrie style. Lovely, yeah, yeah. Very oh, so you've good. seen Carrie as well. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just ticking off in my mind. Jill's I'm going like... to bring the I'm going to bring this podcast down. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> yeah, the no, are appearing. Nobody yeah. go find my letterbox. I'll be out as a fraud. <laughs> you know those uh, those posters are like a thousand movies to watch before you die. Yeah, Joel's got one of those. But he's just yeah. taking all movies for Matt. Like every, time, <laughs> every episode, Matt references a movie he's watched. Joel's like, that's another one. <laughs> I'm contacting Matt's family and friends. Yeah, it's gonna be a, a true crime podcast in like a few years. Time. <laughs> all right, God damn. would you like to know the real plot, everyone? Yes, sure. please. Joel and John, if you really want to watch this film, you can feel free just to sit out for a bit if you really care. If you really wanted to watch this film, you would yeah. have watched it by now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, strap in because this is long. <clears throat> In 1862, during the American Civil War, a mercenary known as Angel Eyes interrogates former Confederate soldier Stevens, whom Angel Eyes is contracted to kill, about Jackson. God, there's so many names already. A fugitive who stole a cache of Confederate gold. So Angel Eyes is trying to essentially kill a man to find out. So is Angel Eyes Clint Eastwood, and is the other one whose name I've already forgotten, Lee Van Cleef? Well, neither of the other characters have a blue name on Wikipedia, so I assume not. (laughs) I assume neither of them are relevant. Right. Uh, Okay. Angel Eyes is uh, is Van Cleef. Angel Eyes is Van Cleef. Yeah. Learning the Jack... Oh, God, Jackson's got a second name as well. Learning Jackson's new alias, Bill Carson, 
Angelize kills Stevens and then his employer Baker so he can find the gold himself. Bandit Tuco, there he is, early appearance for, um, for Eli Wallach. Yeah. Tuco is rescued from bounty hunters by a nameless drifter who is simply called Blondie. That's oh, so that'll be Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I fucking hate it when movies just give their call their protagonist like guy you know <laughs> like dude <laughs> oh, it's a, it's cool famous, man it's the famous tanit but right of the the main guy's called protagonist and tanit yes an episode the, which will not have released by the time this one comes out oh, tomorrow yeah. there's a bit there's a bit in our episode where we are shocked to find out his name is protagonist so pretend you didn't hear this anyone <laughs> <laughs> anyway blondie delivers tuco to the local sheriff to collect his two grand bounty which are not Time would have that's been a lot of battles. that's a lot of dollars yeah, a fistful a you might say i'll take it today <laughs> i'd love two grand if anyone's offering yeah <laughs> if any of you are worth two grand to hand into the place i'm coming around <laughs> i'm coming for you yeah. uh as tuco is about to be hanged blondie severs tuco's noose by shooting it and setting him free so he got the money and then just was like i ah, go ahead i've got the money I don't, you that's go probably ahead. the right round the neck bit as well yeah yeah could i be. imagine yeah uh, the two escape on horseback and split the bounty. Oh, okay. So maybe they were in on cahoots. They yeah. Repeat the, they repeat the. Oh, they repeat the process in other towns until Blondie grows weary of Tuku's complaints. So it's a big, it's a big oh. grift. I've got a really sore neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate being hung. <laughs> Shut up, ugly! <laughs> Why can't you be the one being hanged for once? No, 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 no. Um. Bent on revenge, and after one failed attempt with his gang, I don't know what that means, Tuco finally catches up with Blondie and force marches him across the desert until Blondie collapses from dehydration. A runaway horse-drawn hospital arrives. You what does that fucking mean? what? <laughs> a horse? Like an ambulance. No, oh, no it's, okay. it's an entire hospital. It's got an A&E, it's got rheumatology, there's a podiatrist. <laughs> There's yeah. a thousand horses just dragging this thing around America. Either that or it's just a picture of a hospital that's been drawn by a runaway horse. <laughs> yeah. A runaway horse-drawn hospital arrives with several dead Confederate soldiers and a near-dead Bill Carson, which is Jackson, who promises to go 200,000 in Confederate gold. That's a lot. You'd, of- have, to stick, you'd have to stick up a hundred towns. You would. <laughs> you'd have to get hung a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, when Tuco returns with water, Carson's already dead, and Blondie is slumped next to him, revealing that Carson recovered and told... Oh, and he told Clint Eastwood the name on the grave. So the, the money's in a grave, but only Clint Eastwood knows which grave it's in. Right, so, okay. So now Tuco has to take Clint Eastwood back, even though they've already like tried to kill each other, essentially. Uh, Can I be honest with you? Yeah. This is like when someone tries to tell me directions. I, I had the John, f- first sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Every week we do this, and every week I think we should cut this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just skip, skim a lot of this, I think, because there's so much still to go. Tuco, Tuco poses as a Confederate soldier and takes Blondie to a frontier mission to recover. At the mission, Tuco reunites with his brother, who left the family when Tuco was younger to become a priest. There's so many characters <laughs> in this. There's so many unnecessary characters. This They're- feels like... An unnecessary long, unnecessarily long synopsis is what it feels like yep, to me. Yeah. Uh, right? also, there must be a more succinct way of summarising the key elements of this plot without uh, going into a priest brother who we probably never meet. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know about the next line is their meeting does not go well and they go their separate ways. <laughs> right, here's my attempt that I definitely just came up with. A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against a third in a race to find a fortune in gold buried in a remote cemetery. Sounds good. Great film. 
<laughs> yeah, see, now what we need to do is we need to take Max 15-minute bullshit and yeah. that 30-second, you know, nice little, nice little nugget and find somewhere in the middle <laughs> that tells yeah. us a little bit more about the plot but not every single side character. Do we just read the last paragraph? Because that yes. seems to be the basic premise of the rest of the film. The trio all stare each other down. Eventually, everyone draws uh, with Blondie killing Angel Eyes, and Tuco discovers that his gun was unloaded by Blondie in the night. Blondie reveals that the gold is in a grave marked uh, Stanton, which is uh, actually marked unknown, and someone has just scribbled Stanton on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Tuco is initially alien to find bags of gold, but Blondie holds him at gunpoint and orders him into a hangman's noose behind a tree. Blondie binds Tuco's hands and forces him to stand atop an unsteady grave marker while he takes his half of the gold and rides away. As Tuco screams for mercy, Blondie returns into sight and severs the rope with a rifle shot, leaving Tuco alive to furiously curse him while Blondie disappears over the horizon. The end. Wait, so Blondie took all of the cash? No, he, he took ha- his half of the cash, but then left the other guy to die, but then came back and shot the rope. No, it seems left. to me like he didn't leave the other guy to die, right? He left with his half of the cash, knowing that Ugly was going to betray him, and then yeah. came back, made sure that he was still alive and could take his half of the gold, and then Ugly's like, you son of a bitch, how dare you stick to the agreement that we <laughs> came up with? <laughs> the point is, our film was clearly much better. And yeah, more succinct. <laughs> I think we've done it again. I think we've ruined another masterpiece. Once again, the poster boys have solved movies. <laughs> Last. Uh, yeah, and you can tell us how good we are at writing movies at FlickPod69 on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and you can also catch us over on the Dream Factory podcast. Tell us a bit about that. John and Joel and or either one of you talk about your things. We'll do a word each, like a Beastie Boys song. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If! (laughs) It is always if. (laughs) It's like Rudyard Kipling wrote the fucking music for Beastie Boys. Um, No, our show is uh, also a movie podcast and the listeners send us in uh, movie pitches. For example, last week it was Paranormal Activia. And John and I try and figure out what the movie is. Uh, there's a winner every week, which is very significant and key to the show and not something I forget about uh, every time we record. It's a lot of fun. Listeners, film ideas, they're, they're good fun. John, you'll probably be better at selling it than that. Imagine this show, but instead of one idea, there's 10. And instead of being real movies, they're not. Boom. Easy. Done. <laughs> yeah, and then nobody spoils the movie at the end by telling you the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of my friends who keep telling me they stop listening once we pitch the film, and I'm like, oh yeah, we shouldn't do that segment. That really, <laughs> that really stops people's ability to watch the film. <laughs> I think that we're doing... It's a public service. I think that if you haven't seen the films that we're talking about at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, no one listening to our podcast has not had an opportunity to watch 12 Angry Men for the last at least 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if you haven't, it's your fault, and you deserve to have it spoiled for you. It's good, you should watch it. (laughs) Yeah, Everyone keeps telling me to watch it, John. Everyone keeps saying how good it is, and I just haven't done it. Conceptually, I just couldn't do do a podcast where the entire concept is to tell everyone all of the classic films I haven't seen. (laughs) Well, I've got bad news for you. I'm embarrassed that we had to do this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh it's a good day to be a bad boy but it's a great day to be a poster boy goodbye there we go <laughs>